I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks, and I want to invite you to grab your Bibles. Meet me today in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, and let's talk today about following the prophetic signs. Praise the Lord. I think you'll enjoy this topic and how you can learn to interpret the language of God through prophetic signs. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 2, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would illuminate the scriptures, that your word would come alive to us and be real to us, just as real today as it was to the Magi who followed the star, who followed the sign. We thank you that you still lead today through prophetic signs. Now, Father, we praise you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit helping us to step into the fullness of everything that you have available to help us out on this Christian journey. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all say, Amen. Matthew 2, verse 1, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. Ooh, hallelujah. They saw the star in the east, and they've come. Having followed that star, they have come to worship the Lord. Now, verse 9, let's drop down a few verses to verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over the young child, uh, over where the young child was. How about that? A moving sign in the heavens, a moving star. And not only does it move, but it stops. It stopped for the wise men while they were in Jerusalem having some time to discuss with Herod. And then once they picked back up on their journey, uh, the star just conveniently begins to move again for them, and it even stops right over where the young child was. Verse 10, when they saw the star, or the prophetic sign, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Well, because now the prophetic sign has fulfilled this purpose, and it's hovering right over where the Messiah, the Savior of the world, Jesus, this young child, is now at. Praise the Lord. Very, very exciting. I know that sometimes some Christian scientists really like to delve into the subject of trying to backtrack astronomically and identify what star this was or what heavenly illuminary this was. And some say it was the planet Jupiter. Others say it could have been an alignment of Saturn and Mars. And on and on the stories go, the theories go trying to explain this. I simply believe that it was an angel because this was a stop-go type procedure. So I believe this is really an angel in the appearance of a star. Nevertheless, my friends, there are times when God can give prophetic signs 
It might not be a moving star, but God can give some other things that are pretty bright indicators of the direction that he wants you to go in. Let's take another look at another example. This would be Mark uh, chapter 16. And this would be the conclusion of Mark's gospel as we jump over here and take a look at the signs that would follow the believer. So we can see scriptural examples of signs following after us, but we can also see biblical examples that if God gives a sign, we can follow the sign. So you've got signs behind you. You've got a sign in front of you at times that God can give. So there is illumination all around you. Now, Mark chapter 16, verse 15, we will see five signs that are attached to the lifestyle of a believer in Christ Jesus. Verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Verse 17, and these signs, these signs will follow, not maybe, not hopefully, will follow those who believe. So if you are a believer, here are five signs that will be attached to your earthly walk as a Christian. In my name, they will cast out demons, that's sign number one. They will speak with new tongues, sign number two. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. So five signs right there following after you. These signs will follow those who believe. So I think some Christians have only focused on the fact that signs can follow you. And most certainly they can't. The, the Lord Jesus said that they would. So they can follow you, but a sign sent by God can also go before you to really help you out on your Christian journey. Now, what is a sign? Well, from a simple perspective, and I know there's multiple definitions of what a sign can be, but from a simple perspective, if you're going down the highway or going down the interstate and you're traveling along the road, there will be signs that are there to aid you on your journey. The signs might tell the speed limit. The signs might tell what the next exit is. The signs might tell the distance to the next town. And I know with GPS and smartphones and, and uh, you know, built-in GPS to your cars and stuff like that, a lot of the signs aren't needed as much as they used to be. But nevertheless, it is very helpful to have really as many signs as you can possibly get, especially when there can be so many things that would try to distract you. And it's so easy sometimes to get lost. So a sign is a directional guide letting you know that you're on the right path. Praise the Lord. Now, I know that when the sign is supernatural in essence, and God is giving a supernatural sign, what that will do is that will stir faith within your heart by giving you a confirming evidence 
through a supernatural sign that you are on the right path that God has for you because you can get lost as well along the journey and make a wrong decision or get off on a wrong exit, not just on a freeway, but even on the freeway of life. And I think God gives signs to the believer who is of an open heart from a perspective of being childlike in their faith. I know that some people, they tried to get so analytical, they tried to analyze everything, and they take a lot of the fun out of Christianity, and they can only work with nuts and bolts. But if you can have childlike faith, and you can be open to the prophetic expressions of the Lord doesn't mean you have to be a prophet, but you can be prophetic, then you can pick up on a lot of supernatural signs that God is trying to give to guide you that perhaps have been around you quite often, but maybe you have missed them because you have not been aware that God not only allows signs to follow you as a believer, but he can also even give signs to guide you as a believer as well. Now, when I'm talking about signs and even prophetic signs, I know that if we mention in a general context the phrase prophetic sign, then immediately most Christians, particularly evangelical Christians, they start thinking about end-time events as far as eschatology and the closing out of the current dispensation that we're in. That's not what I'm talking about. And by the way, most end-time eschatology that's taught, I really don't agree with it, because some of the leading teachers in the body of Christ that have the the greatest vocal ability to, to teach what they interpret the scriptures, particularly like the book of Daniel, the book of Revelation, most of them have some good truths, but at the same time, because they're not spirit-filled, they don't believe in the baptism in the Holy Spirit. They don't believe in modern-day miracles. They don't believe in modern-day guidance from the Lord. They don't believe in tongues or anything like that. A lot of their their end-time beliefs or their views of how things are going to wrap up, I just don't agree with. That I, I, I believe that when you're spirit-filled, you can see things in a much brighter light. Now, I thank the Lord for many of these men who have studied the scriptures, but there are some things about God's word you're never going to be able to intellectually figure out, and you have to have the help of the Holy Spirit. I believe particularly in end-time events, because there can be many, many different interpretations, but I believe there is a correct interpretation, and I prefer to lean on the teaching of those who are spirit-filled teachers who have an anointing to teach in that area. I think I've got a pretty good grasp on eschatology. That's really not my subject. You don't hear me teach too much on the Antichrist, the beast, the false prophet, the unfolding of the chronological sequence of end-time events. I like that material, but that's not really my bread and butter or cup of tea. My anointing is more in the supernatural, more in the working of, uh, of the dynamic of faith and how it can dramatically affect your life. I'll leave it to somebody else to help you understand more about the Antichrist. But as for now, when I'm talking about prophetic symbolism or prophetic 
signs. I'm not talking about who the Antichrist is. Praise the Lord. I'm talking about leaning on the guidance of the Holy Spirit to have your spiritual antennas up to pick up on major clues that God is trying to show you, hey, everything is all right. And sometimes God can give prophetic signs that are so blatant, so dramatic, you'd almost have to be a spiritual, dense person to miss it. Unfortunately, there are those who, uh, they, they still miss it. There are some people that I don't think, it's like, it's like um, former prophet Kenneth Hagin, who's now with the Lord. He would say, there are some people that if the Holy Spirit, now he's talking about church people, that if the Holy Spirit walked into the service and walked down the middle of the aisle of the church wearing a red hat, people still wouldn't know who the Holy Spirit was. So God really tries to help us. He doesn't make these things complicated. All you have to do is be open to this dimension of God's language. And I think you will really catch some things that will help you exit when you're supposed to stop when you're supposed to go forward when you're supposed to. And it will make you very, very happy in your heart. And of course, when it's of God, it will agree with the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of you. Just because it's an external witness doesn't mean that it's not of God. God primarily leads through the inward guidance of the Holy Spirit as the Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. And you pick up on that guidance, that witness inside of the Holy Spirit. But he can still give external witness and guidance as well to help you along life's journey. Let's take another look at a different scripture. There's quite a few of these in the Bible. I just want to give you a few. Acts chapter 11. I like this one. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 11, verse 27. And in these days, prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. Got to watch out for the, uh, for the prophets. I think sometimes people think that prophets are weird, bizarre strange. They might look at you with, you know, like a cross-eyed look or something like that. Well, prophets are normal people. You know, prophets don't live in caves uh, unless we're being persecuted. Uh, Prophets, you know, are pretty much normal people, but the calling, the calling can require you to do some things that people that can only operate in the natural realm and they don't understand anything spiritually, well, they might think that it's rather strange or bizarre, but really many of these things in the eyes of God, they're just, they're just normal. And a lot of this stuff is really ABC, elementary Christian spiritual walk. Now watch this. The prophets have come from Jerusalem to Antioch. Verse 28, then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the spirit. King James Version says signified by the spirit. He signified by the spirit or he showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Well, what does it mean to show by the Spirit? I mean, after all, can he just, why, why not just have Agabus stand up and just prophesy it and say, there's going to be a famine and it'll happen in the days of Claudius Caesar. Isn't that good enough for God? Can't we just, can't we just like cut through all the stuff and just 
have him uh, say it and then be done, and then we can all go out and eat. Well, God, God likes, he likes to incorporate the whole man. Uh, And if you're a woman, he likes to incorporate all that comprises who you are as well. Pull some of that out. In other words, let's not just do this in black and white. Let's do this in color. Uh, Let's not just do it in color. Let's do it in HD. And let's not just only do it in HD. Let's have like, let's have like some drama to it. So it says that Agabus stood up. So he didn't sit down. He he stood up. Maybe there were some, uh, you know, theatrical element here and showed by the spirit. Now, uh, the King James saying signified by the spirit. And then he basically, in a sense, acted out this prophetic utterance. But it was more than just an utterance. It was something that you had to watch him do. And the action of what he was doing was in itself the prophecy. Wow. Hey, this this sounds like a lot like Jeremiah the prophet. I mean, when you read through the book of Jeremiah, God would tell the prophet Jeremiah, do this as a prophetic act that the people will watch you do the act, they'll understand what it is you're doing, and they'll realize that's a message for the whole nation. Okay, so signifying by the Spirit may be new to some people, but once you catch on to the fact that this is the way that God sometimes chooses, not always, but sometimes chooses to communicate a message either corporately to believers that are gathered together, or even perhaps to you as an individual, then you can begin to be more aware of this leading and of this manifestation of the Holy Spirit. To signify means to express through signs. One of the signs here was that he stood up. I believe there was motion involved. He showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine. What if you had to give a prophetic word to a group of people? And, uh, you know, this is obviously going before others that were well familiar with the Scripture. So whatever you're going to signify, they're going to take it, run with it. They're going to be your newsboys, okay? They're going to be the newspaper. And so this this prophetic declaration is going to go throughout the Christian community. So how can we get this across so they can they can interpret it, grab it, and run with it? Well, stop and think for a moment. The the interpretation or the expression of this message was basically that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world. Now, we understand from the study of the Bible that when we see the reference throughout all the world, that's really referring to that region of the world. And of course, this would have reached in the parts of Europe as well, those areas under the control of Claudius Caesar. So we, of course, know where Caesar had his territorial limits at. Uh, so this is not like this is affecting the Eskimos, you know, in the you know North Pole or somewhere like that. But that part of the world that they they knew in their mind, that part of the world, which in their thinking constituted the whole world, pretty much. Well, the Middle East and so forth, and and parts of Europe. Well, they they were understanding through this prophet's declarative 
declaring through these gestures that a famine was going to take place. What if you were Agabus and you had to stand up and signify there's a famine coming and you can't say it? You can't say it verbally. You have to say it through signification. How would you do that? Well, I I don't know. You know, I'm sure if I had to do it, I would probably try to figure it out. I think the Holy Spirit would also probably help. I mean, whether it's going like, you know, no food, you know, or you know, no water, or it's not going to, you know, you're trying to act this stuff out, and you're you're saying, okay, do you get it? You know, well, they got the message. But you have to understand that God sometimes likes to speak through, can we call it word pictures? Yes. God likes to speak through basic symbolism or even metaphor yes praise God and you'll be able to pick it up this is not complicated stuff I mean when you read in the Bible and you see reference to a dove a dove often has a dual meaning symbolizing peace when you see the reference in the Bible referring to the arm of God well uh, the focus is not really on the bicep structure or the tricep structure structure of God no it's, it's just a reference in essence to the power of God coming forth when you read about the horn of an animal in the Bible, the the horn, you know, Psalm 92, David's saying, I've been uh, anointed with the, with fresh oil from the horn of the wild ox. Well, the horn, it's not really into, you know, God, it's not like the Holy Spirit's really in the animal horns. It's just a reference to strength, because anytime you see these on an animal, you're like, wow, that really does represent strength. So it's just interpreting basic word imagery, applying the right interpretation to something presented to you that is pretty easy to grab. Trust me, God knows your language, and he knows how to get something across to you that you'll pick up. I mean, just like that, you'll get it. Praise the Lord. So Agabus got his prophetic utterance out. Not that it was a verbal utterance in a sense, but it was something that was acted out. And you'll you'll see when you read through the book of Jeremiah, that Jeremiah the prophet was doing stuff like that all the time. Now, in today's church world, with all the various forms of expression that we have through communication, uh, you know, social media and stuff like that, it's very easy just very quickly say it. But sometimes when God talks, he might not want to do it that way. And when he wants to talk to you, he might want to express it through a prophetic sign. Are you ready to identify and follow the prophetic sign. I really believe I'm teaching this today, not because I couldn't think of anything else to talk about today, but because the Holy Spirit just allowed this message to float up in my heart, within my spirit, because I really believe that God wants to give you a prophetic sign. Right where you're at, just stop for a second and say, say this out loud, say, God is going to speak to me through a prophetic sign. Woo! Praise the Lord. He's going to do it. Uh, by the way, speaking of Agabus, let's go a little bit further uh, into another example of his prophetic ministry and giving prophetic sign language to people. Okay, so let's go to Acts chapter 21, verse 10, and you'll find Agabus doing the same thing again. Woo! Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God today. 
Hallelujah. Mm-mm. Woo. God can give some signs. God, I'm telling you, God, God knows he's the master communicator. Nobody can communicate better than God can. If he wants to get something across to you that you're on track, that everything's the way it should be, or that hold up for a moment or something like that, he knows how to hold up a billboard that you can't miss. Woo. Praise the Lord. Now, verse 10 of Acts 21 says, and as we stayed many days, a certain prophet, I wonder who, and it would be a prophet. Wouldn't it be a prophet doing something like this? Uh, you can see why prophets sometimes get the reputation of maybe being a little bit weird, eccentric. Well, weird to those who don't understand the prophetic nature of God. I'm, I'm happy to be labeled as a spiritual weirdo. I've been called all the names. <laughs> fruitcake, nut, weirdo, and stuff. It doesn't bother me. I actually take it as an emblem of honor because uh, it just comes with the territory. Glory to God. I don't expect uh, people who can who, who confine their lives strictly to textbook analysis to understand these types of things. And it, and it doesn't bother me a bit. There was a time in my life I used to not understand it either and also laughed at it. But today I realize it is a large dimension of the language of God. Verse 10, and as we stayed many days, a certain prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. I wonder what he's going to do this time. When he had come to us, he took Paul's belt, bound his own hands and feet, and said, Thus says the Holy Spirit, So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt. Well, hey, it's pretty easy to tell who owns the belt. It's Paul's belt. Can can you see how easy this is to interpret? God's not trying to make this like quantum mechanics or, you know, uh, astrophysics where you just can't, you just can't follow. No, no, this is easy, easy interpretation stuff. Okay. And deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. Well, they, they basically, oh, okay, we know what you're symbolically portraying that Paul, if he goes to Jerusalem, he's going to get bound, he's going to get tied up, he's going to be delivered into the hands of the Gentiles, and they're going to rough him up. And then they were all concerned about it. And then, of course, you could read what came out of that. (laughs) As if Paul didn't know that. Uh, See, prophecy, prophecy is, is confirmed so smoothly and clearly. Uh, by, by the Holy Spirit, you just like and Paul already knew that, and so it didn't shock Paul that Agabus gave this prophetic actment and this prophetic interpretation. It, I don't even think it shocked the followers of Paul that were there that were under his teaching and apostolic ministry. I just think it saddened uh, the believers because they didn't want to see Paul get beat up anymore. But they, they also. They, they knew it was a true word. So, but, so notice again, though, the signification. Notice the prophetic sign attached. This is not just a flat-out verbal prophecy. You give a verbal word and you walk off. No, Agabus, again, is giving prophetic signs, prophetic theatrical enactments to demonstrate what is going to take place. Praise God. Let's do another one. Let's do another one. One more scripture, and then I want to give a few examples from my life 
because I believe God's going to give you a prophetic sign. I believe you'll catch it, and I believe it'll help you. It'll really, really help you. Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. I like this one. The revelation of Jesus Christ. The book of Revelation is a revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Pulling back of the curtain to see what has previously been veiled. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John. Now, watch that one more time, that last part. And he sent and signified it. He signified the message that John was going to receive from the angel. Praise the Lord. There were some visual cues given here. This is more than just a dull talk. John, you're going to see some things that are going to stun you. What you're going to, what's going to be revealed to you, John, this revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ it's going to be so powerful that I'm not just going to tell it to you and you write it down. I'm actually going to signify it to you and I'm going to show it to you. And yes, you'll be, give, you'll be told while it's acted out before you, demonstrated even visually before you, you will hear me talking, explaining it to you, and then you can write it down. Not just from vocal memory, but also the visual, the visual impact of what was signified to you. Without proper signification, it can be frustrating, even with a good book. Have you ever tried to learn karate from a book? And, you know, uh, it, it just doesn't work. It, it, no, you've got to go to the class. You can't learn martial arts reading a book. Uh, it might give you four steps. Uh, you know, one, two, three, four. But between step two and three, you, you know, you're, you're thinking, uh, it doesn't show what he did with his hand there. And it doesn't show how his foot ended up in that position. I, I, I can't put this together. Uh, okay, so go to the class. Let it be signified to you that it be shown to you in real life, in real motion. And they're like, okay, I've got it now. Never would have got that, gotten that from the book. You could, you could read a book sometimes for years, but until you see it, you might not be able to put it together. So there are things about your life. God wants to give prophetic signs. And it could be a star. It could be an unusual form of guidance. I've heard some remarkable stories about incredible types of guidance. I mean, just just as supernatural as being led by a star. I've heard some wild stuff, and it's true. It's all true. <laughs> Friends that have told me and ministers that have told me some, some amazing stories. I've had some pretty cool things happen in my life as well. But my friends, I want you to understand that God can give external evidence through a sign to you to give supernatural guidance. I remember, oh, it's been, it's been almost nine years now when we first went on the internet with live streaming. I mean, you, you go back nine years and I mean, internet speeds were still slow. Nobody even knew what a gigabit was. I mean, uh, I mean, you still had people on AOL dial-up, you know, I mean, s- super slow stuff. And so we were pioneering in Internet, and I had agreed to pay with a uh, uh, a 
a internet streaming platform. I had agreed and signed to pay a certain amount of money each month to do this, to minister the gospel on the internet, and in essence also to form an internet church. And I did it. I did it with fear and trembling. I thought, Lord, is this going to work? Lord, I really feel you want me to do this. I also feel this is like an untapped field in many ways for ministry because there weren't a lot of ministers on the Internet in the sense of streaming uh, messages to the people. So I thought, Lord, I'll do this. You know, this is a big monthly expenditure for us to step into at that point it was. And, you know, I just thought, Lord, is anybody even going to watch? Is it, is it going to work? So we launched into it with fear and trembling, you know, trying to figure out the equipment, uh, trying to figure out how to do all of this. And uh, we got a, you know, somewhat of a working idea and got it up and got it going. So we began to stream messages over the Internet. And people began to watch from not only all over America, people began to watch from different countries around the world. And so in the still early formative weeks of doing this, one night it snowed up on the mountain where we were at. And when I say it snowed, I'm talking, I mean, snow was coming down, impossible to get off the mountain, not just snow, but also ice. And so we were stuck, and I couldn't get down to the church office to stream my weekly message. I told Kelly, I said, well, we've got pretty good Internet here at the house. Let's just stream it from the house. I'll get the laptop up. And remember, this was this was like nine years ago. So this was, uh, you know, you're, it, it felt like we were trying to launch a rocket to the moon. But nevertheless, we, we arranged things at the house. And I, uh, Kelly and I thought, well, let's make it look like a little bit of like a studio set so it doesn't look like we're streaming from the kitchen in the house. And so we put a few things up, uh, put a little lamp up, and we had an oil painting, an oil painting of two men praying at the Western Wall in Israel. I remember when that painting was given to me. I had been preaching in Southern California, and a pastor called me and said, Stephen, one of my church members has purchased for you a beautiful hand-painted original oil painting and she has dropped it off at my house for you and uh it's for you and she the pastor said Stephen if you don't pick this painting up this painting is so beautiful that I'm going to keep it (laughs) I said you're not keeping my painting I'll be over there that day and you know of course she's just joking she wouldn't have kept it but it was a very beautiful painting and anyhow, we had taken that painting, and when we moved to North Carolina, we had we had it in our house. And we thought, well, you know, that would be a nice backdrop to our live streaming message. I'll just put it back behind me while I teach. And so I had the camera on me, and back behind me I, I had that painting. And this was in the very early days of our Internet ministry. And so we start streaming and I and I'm I'm teaching and at the same time I'm teaching I've got my laptop up and I can see um you know the chat was live you know so people wanted to chat or just like pop in while I'm talking live they could do that I would see their comments and I'm I'm telling you emails began to come in from everywhere uh pastor Stephen I think you need to look over your shoulder and take a look at that picture and what had happened live with people watching is the face of the Lord Jesus Christ appeared on that oil painting 
between the two men that were praying at the western wall, the face of the Lord appeared looking right at the people on the camera. I mean, it was wild. It was I saw it with my own eyes. I turned around, and me and Kelly were stunned. The Lord's face appeared, and it stayed there the entire time. It stayed there the entire time, and even it was on the tape afterward because I had archived the program. My friends, what is that? It was a prophetic sign that God was validating this launch of this new branch of our ministry. And ever since then, we have been streaming and have done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of programs since that day. But it was so important to the Lord that the Lord gave a prophetic sign. What what did that sign mean? What was the purpose of that? Was the purpose of that just for people to get a little bit of an idea of what Jesus looked like? Although it was the exact face of Jesus. If you had wanted to know exactly what Jesus Christ of Nazareth looked like, you could have looked at that and you would have known exactly what he looks like. I mean, it was because I've seen him before in visions face to face and his face was on was on that on that picture. And so um, what was the purpose of that? It was basically the Lord holding a sign and saying, Stephen and Kelly, you're on the right track with what you're doing. (laughs) I'm going to give you such a supernatural sign to confirm it so that you'll never forget that I'm in this and keep on going. Many people will be touched by the messages that are taught as they look to me uh, and I, you know, minister to them through these Internet programs. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we've been faithful to do that through the years. What was that? A confirming sign and wonder. Glory to God. You should have heard some of the comments coming in. It stunned people. It shocked people. Hallelujah. Uh, Benny Hinn, when he first started his public speaking ministry, one of the first places he ever spoke, as he started preaching, uh, in like the very early days of his ministry, when he started preaching in this one service, the face of the Lord Jesus appeared on the wall next to him in the form of a shadow, though. And every time Benny Hinn spoke, that, that, that image on the wall was speaking. What was that? Same thing. Confirming sign. A confirming sign that the Lord's basically saying, I'm with you. Keep going with this. I believe God's going to hold up a prophetic sign. Oh, it might not be the Bethlehem star that the wise men followed, but God's going to display a sign to you to help you in life. Praise the Lord. I remember that after I had preached once at a major meeting, I came back, and what I had seen in this one apostle's ministry, you know, it just touched me and Kelly with an explosion of faith. Uh, you know, you know, I had preached in a very, very large church and, uh, just, you know, saw, I I saw wonderful, wonderful things. And my wife and, and I, we came back from that and we said, it's time for us to establish our own ministry offices. We want something really nice. So with a healthy dose of fear and trembling, not doubt and unbelief, but just, you know, from the perspective of, we've never done this before you know, of stepping out in faith with this type of money expenditure, we said, we're going to find a place and it's going to be our new ministry headquarters. So we went out and just very quickly, 
I, th- I think it was like the first place we looked at, and it was it was beautiful. It was a beautiful executive office place, and uh, you know it was going to need some remodeling, but it had a lot of potential. And I just thought, Lord, I think this is it. But Lord, we've never had this kind of output financially before to do something like this. So Lord, you know, you know, it's not that I'm afraid, but you know, Lord, help me. And I'm not asking God for a sign, but you understand that God knows that when we're trying to please him, we need all the help we can get. And I just like, you know, Lord, she would like to be able to, uh, you know, get this property under contract, but this is a big step of faith. And I went into one of the rooms, uh, one of the executive office rooms of this facility. And, you know, Kelly and I both thought when we walked into it, well, this will be a great room for me. This could be my, my main office. It was back from all the other offices. It was very nice. It was the quietest room in the place. And when we went into that room, I saw something on the wall, a picture. And I said, no, I looked at it. And I said, no, that <clears throat> I said, no, that can't be what I think it is. I took the I had I, I took the picture off the wall and turned it around to read on the back just to make sure it was what I thought it was and yep it sure was there hanging on the wall was a picture of all things of something that meant a whole lot to me a horse that was named Man of War probably the most well-known horse in the history of the world and this was this supposedly fastest horse of all time even today they say there's nothing that could have ever beaten this horse and there and I've even written about this horse in one of my books and there was a painting of him hanging on the wall and it you know turned it over on the back and said you know addition so and so man of war wow and uh, I you know uh, the landlord was standing right there when I saw that and I looked at it I said well um I said if we lease this facility and I signed a contract with you um would you be able to throw in the picture she said the picture's yours <laughs> oh we signed and never struggled once to make the payment in the wonderful years that we were there see what is that that is a prophetic sign in a sense in some ways it was a sign it was up on the wall I could read it I could interpret it you're talking about touching my heart, and that's just God saying, hey, hey, uh, you know, Stephen, this, this place is yours. Go for it. And you wonder, like, who would have done, who would have left a, a picture of man of war on the wall? I mean, every, everything else was cleaned out. And why would they leave that on the wall? God had them leave that there for me. And, you know, all the money came in. We beautifully remodeled that facility, and it's been like that ever since as we've progressed to move forward with better facilities. The facility that we're in right now, when the fire marshal of uh, Mooresville came in and walked through our facility, he said, my goodness. He said, it is absolutely amazing what y'all have done with this property. This place is just beautiful because the previous tenant did not take good care of it and it, a lot of remodeling was done a lot of work was done and people come into our our facility and it is top notch uh, everything works the way it should everything is nice and clean everything's in order we've got a great team that that takes good care of, of things and so it's just very very nice and so the Lord has always blessed us to 
uh, leave something better than what we originally found it. And I believe that the Lord's going to bless this ministry with our own property that we actually own. And that's what we want to come into, not that just where we lease and lease, although that has been the plan of God thus far, but where we can purchase something preferably land and build a beautiful structure on it for the glory of God. And I believe as online church members and ministry partners, that's something we can do together. I believe it's coming very, very soon. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, there are many ways in which God can give you a prophetic sign. There was a time in my life I used to see 1111. Seemed like any time I'd check my watch, it was 11-11, either in the morning or late at night. I'd, uh, you know, look at an alarm clock with a digital clock. It would say 11-11. And, I, and I'm not trying to make that happen. It just, it just seemed to be popping up everywhere. So I'd see it uh, in other places, too. And I'm like, Lord, what's up with 11-11? I, I know there's scriptures that are referenced to 11-11. And I, I, I can I can see some good scriptures of what that could possibly mean, but Lord, I, I still think I don't quite know what you're meaning by that. But it was a sign, and it, it went on for about two years, eleven, eleven, and I knew that was an important number that God was signifying to me. The word signify is used six times alone in the New Testament. It's very important. And so I would see 1111. Well, you know, we lived in a, in a very nice house that we were leasing. And I remember one day at the office, a lady came into the office who was our landlord and said, Stephen, the Lord has spoken to me to give you the house that you're leasing. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, can I, can I say something? A lot of people never come into owning something because what they rent or lease, they never take care of it. They think, well, I'm not my brother's keeper. Who cares if it breaks? I'll never let them know. Or who cares if it's, if it's not replaced or if it's worn out? It's not my responsibility. Well, maybe it's not your responsibility to fix it, but you could at least notify the landlord so they could get a plumber or electrician out so that things don't go into disrepair. But this was a home that me and my wife, although we were leasing, we took very good care of it even did our own landscaping at our own cost to just make it nicer. We thought, well, we're living here. Let's make it nice. Let's plant flowers. Let's make it nice. And so that's what we did. Can you imagine our surprise one day when the landlord, the owner of the house, came in and said, God told me to give it to you. Mm, She said, here's the catch. I said, what's the catch? She said, I don't have it completely paid off yet. Oh, she had paid a big chunk of it off though from the original purchase price to what was left on the balance i mean she had she had hit it hard i mean so she is she's gifting us something very special and she said all you have to do is just make the monthly loan payment on the home and soon as you are able to get a loan to purchase the house for the balance that remains on it she said, go ahead, it's yours. And uh, you know what? We shook hands. We shook hands on it and said, deal. She even wrote me out a piece of paper, got it notarized, said, I'll do this for you. In other words, she's not going to back out, change her mind, and uh, where I make all these payments. And she says, well, I changed my mind. You know, you, you, but she signed it. 
said, yeah, you you, uh, you just take over the payments, and then you can you can just get a loan and buy it whenever you want for the low remaining balance because she had paid it down so much with her own money. And I, I just thought, wow. I, I thought, Lord, this uh, this feels good. This seems right. And uh, I, this person is sincere and genuine and has a good track record of being a woman of prayer, great woman of prayer, mighty, actually a mighty woman of prayer. But I said, Lord, I... I just I just need to know because I I if I do this I I'm making a commitment uh to pay the to pay the note. I asked her I said how much is the monthly bank note? She said eleven eleven. I said let's let's do this. Oh, I, I I'm not moved by everything that I see around me. It's not like I get hung up on externals. I, I'm not that kind of a person. I'm moved by the word. I'm moved by the Holy Spirit leading me through that peaceful inner witness. But sometimes there are things it just helps it helps to have a a sign from God saying, "Yeah, I'm in on this. Do it." Do it, and you'll never have any sweat involved in it. Woo! Glory to God. And we did it, and then bought the home, sold the home. You know, we're able to uh, enjoy the equity that was in the home. And that person, in a sense, sowed a great seed and now has their own. Woo! I feel so happy when I say it. Has their own apostolic ministry. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> I, I could really give you examples for hours of prophetic signs of how God speaks to me through signs. He's done many, many different types of things, but I think the thing that you'll pick up on is that God will signify to you in a way that. You go, oh, I see that. I, I see that, Lord. Thank you. Got it. Enough said. Uh, you, you'll be able to catch it. You really will. I, I, I've even got other examples here. I'd like to take the time, but I feel like, in a sense, I don't need to because it's is also the unique the way he'll speak to you. He's unique. The way, the way he'll speak to you is not the way he'll speak to me. Your sign could be different in the in the sense that, you and God, you have your own lingo. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But he's going to hold something up for you to see that you'll see it and you'll, you'll almost like laugh like I did at the horse picture. I just like, no, that, that just can't be. Yep. That's exactly what it is. And many, many other, uh, just, just crazy, uh, blatant signs. They're so blatant. It's so much God saying, can, can you, can you see it? <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Now remember, even with the sign, even with the sign, it's not like you can take your faith hat, hang it up and say, I don't need faith anymore. I've got no, you'll all, you'll always need your faith to just walk by faith. You walk by faith, not by signs. He'll give you signs. He'll give you signs, but you're still going to have to use your faith even with the sign. Every time I've gotten that whopper sign, I still have to say, okay, God, you're in it. I'm going to do it. So, but you still have to walk it out. Okay. But it's easy to walk. It's uh, that those things boost your faith. It's really all about 
the will of God and the faith that goes along with that. So this is major wind in your sails. This is like, you know, like uh, your faith just goes, I mean, and you're like, well, we've got this because God's in it. And he is. And every time it's happened to me, it's just, it's always worked flawlessly. Didn't mean that maybe that, you know, it's not like you've still got to work with some things, but everything works the way it should. It all goes forward. It's all smooth and it's all good. Praise God. Are you ready for your sign? Praise God. Can you discern a prophetic sign? Can you decode the basic language of the spirit? I believe with some of these examples and these multiple verses that you'll very, very easily be able to do this. I I think sometimes just in order to help us, God makes the sign extra easy to notice because he, he really wants to help us. Please lift your hands. If you want to receive a sign from God, please lift your hands. Father, I pray for everyone watching right now that has a witness in their spirit that you have a sign for them. Oh God, give them that sign. Give them that confirming sign. A sign that could either say yes or sign that would say no, or sign that would say wait, or sign that would say yes. Lord, I thank you that you've got a sign for your people, and that you're going to display it. You're going to signify it to them. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this prophetic sinology. Hallelujah. We thank you for it, and that your grace to easily read it and say, oh, I've got that. Yep. I know exactly what you're saying. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, shout amen. Now, please say this. Please say, my sign is coming. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's take communion before we leave today. Please grab some unleavened bread. Grab some grape juice. Father, we bless these communion elements. We thank you that the bread... And the juice are now the flesh and blood of Jesus, our Savior. We thank you, Father, that as we take communion together, we are receiving the body and the blood of our Redeemer, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as we receive his flesh, we thank you that Jesus still gives us signs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father God, for these directional guideposts along the way. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let us now receive the body of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the blood. Woo! The blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God, that you're going to give signs, that signs follow us, and signs can even go before us to lead us. Father, we receive now the blood of Jesus. We thank you for our our eternal redemption through his blood. In Jesus' name, let's receive. Hallelujah. Father, thank you. 
Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Be looking for your sign. I'll see you next time. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.